This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And I want to give a shout out to some of our newer Patreons. Uh, Patreons that include Cynthia W, Raja K, Brian E, and the boy who cried WTF. Thank you. (laughs) And hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Could you put your right earbud in so I can hear you? Lies. Oh, I can barely hear you. Um, I'm good. Uh, are you ready for some real white people bullshit? I am so ready for everything. <laughs> um, which, one do you, which white thing do you want to start out oh, with? I wanted to start with a personal anecdote that I knew oh, you would please. make fun of. I was going to put it on Twitter, but I thought you would want to hear it from me live. Okay. Um, so my dog's vet thinks that my dog, Dottie, might have anxiety. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, you're right. You have outwhited yourself. So they like suggested some pheromones for her. And so I genuinely I, did not know dogs could get anxiety. There are dogs who are like on Prozac. Like Wow. Yeah. Um, and I bought a pheromone collar for her, and guess what? It fucking works. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm glad. Yay! Yeah, I mean, hopefully she'll stop barking in the middle of our recordings. Like <laughs> that could be a good thing. I don't oh, know. I hope man. She's okay. Well, it's a rough I mean, time for everyone. Honestly, I think my dog is suffering from lack of alone time. Like, what yeah, the- <laughs> like she's never home alone anymore. Me too, Dottie, me too. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of white people, let me Uh start off with this story because it's not political and it's like the only thing I have that's not. Uh, There is a church called the Asatru Folk Assembly, which, okay, Asatru. Okay. All right. I mean, it's a religion that I had not heard of and they want to build like their local headquarters in a small city. They want to build the Midwest Regional Center for Asatru Folk Assembly in the city of Murdoch, Minnesota, which is one of those towns that only has a couple hundred people total. So, I mean, why there? Why would you want to build a headquarters of a church in a small city, Um, especially if you're trying to draw new members? Who knows? But here's the deal, like, legally speaking, The city said this is residential area. So if you want to build a church here, you can't just do it. You need approval from city officials because we were planning to build houses in this area. So they need approval from city council to build their church. And this week, the lawyer for the church tried to make the case, like, let us build our church here. And there were so many people in this city at the meeting saying, don't you dare let these people in here. (laughs) Why not? Because if you go to the website for Asatru Folk Assembly and you say, what is this ancestral religion all about? Mm-hmm. Here's what it says on the website. Is it a cult? Is it, it's, eh, it's not a cult. Okay. The lines but are always blurry, but go ahead. If the ethnic European folk cease to exist, Asatru would likewise no longer exist. Let us be clear. By ethnic European folk, we mean white people. Wait, wait, wait. Was that you editorializing? No, no. That is what's on their website. I will keep going. 
dot, 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 the survival and welfare of the ethnic European folk as a cultural and biological group is a religious imperative. Let me read you one more thing. This is on their statement of ethics. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. in Asatru support strong, healthy, white family relationships. We want our children to grow up to be mothers and fathers to white children of their own. Oh, no. They go on. Oh, by the way, so the Southern Poverty Law Center says, like, this is a white supremacist. Oh, you don't group, say. Basically, yeah. Um, their movement seeks to defund, defend rather, defend against the unfounded threats of the extermination of white people and their children. This entire group is dedicated to the idea that white people are under attack and we got to preserve our purity. And they want to open up in Minnesota and everyone in this town is like, hell no, get out of here. Um, so kudos wow. to them. Remember when dog whistles were a thing and not <laughs> just like racist bullhorns? I swear I spent way too much time on their website yesterday. And now I'm sure police are going to come to my door or something. <laughs> uh, the people in the town went to the city council meeting and were like, we don't want to become the hate capital of Minnesota. And the lawyer for the churches, guess what he said? Guess what his defense was of their white supremacist view? Um, there are all black churches, so there could be an all white church. Not a bad guess. Uh, he said, we're not a hate group. We don't hate anybody. Um, we just we don't just... want our children to marry brown people. That's right. We don't hate them. <laughs> So just to be clear, this is not a legal issue. This is not a religious liberty issue. They do not have the right to open up a church where they want to open a church Uh because the city has already said this has got to be like a single family home sort of place. So the city council is going to vote on this, I think, the day after the election, just coincidentally, that's the date of their next meeting. But very much everyone in the city is like, you cannot allow these people to set up headquarters right here. Yeah, I feel like Minnesota in general is probably extra sensitive about race issues right now. So (laughs) this is this would not look good on their resume. Yeah. Um, All right, let's talk about let's talk about Trump because there's a million stories dealing with him. My favorite one uh, just took place this morning on Friday. Because Trump, as you may know, Trump has a very high IQ. I know this because he tells it to us all the time. And IQs are science and not bullshit. Correct. And what he said is he uh, he retweeted a story with the headline, Twitter shuts down entire network to slow spread of negative Biden news. Because for like an hour yesterday, Twitter was down. It was... A huge deal in the Grife household. (laughs) (laughs) And Trump spread a story that said they shut it down so no one would spread negative Biden stories. Of course, that article comes from the Babylon Bee, which is a conservative Christian attempt at replicating the onion, but without anything funny. Yeah. It's just a Christian satire website. And Trump retweeted it. They have one joke, and it's like... This person identifies as a vacuum cleaner. Like that's their yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it over and over. They're in, yeah, their jokes about feminists are like, haha, they exist. And trans <laughs> people, it's always like the joke about trans people is trans people. Yeah. Like that's yes, that's their humor. It's I mean, to use the cliche, it's always punching down, but it's like the right wing Rush Limbaugh humor of if we call a woman a slut, it's funny. 
Like that's what they do all I mean, the I time. think it's funny. I'm laughing. Hilarious. Like, and by the way, over the summer, the website, again, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Over the summer to celebrate Juneteenth, they posted an article that was just straight up racist. Like, haha, KFC will be open today. Like, Ooh. oh yeah. Even even Christians are like that. No, no. Um, by the way, there was a study done, like a real study done by the Ohio State University okay. that showed a lot of people actually think the Babylon Bee's stories are real, but Republicans <laughs> are much more likely to fall for them. Yeah, that's unsurprising because a lot of people are pretty non-critical readers, but also like the Babylon Bee is not well known, nor is its name kind of yeah. Pointing toward what it is. Like the onion obviously seems some seems weird, reductress. There's some sports right. one that my husband right. likes. But anyway, yeah, that's that is on both of them because they well, because they're it's not good satire if you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. There's no winks. Trump clearly fell for it. He as of this moment, he hasn't deleted it or explained himself Don't or I? said, You guys, I know it's a joke. No, he hasn't he hasn't, because he doesn't. Um, here's also this is also not a joke. During one of his super spreader mega rallies yesterday, uh, he clearly like here's where he is in the race. He knows he has to have his Christian base come out and support for him, and then he needs to build on that if he wants to win. Right. Um he's he's losing some of those Christian supporters, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a little in a, in a bit. But he's clearly trying to pander to his conservative base. And so yesterday during the rally, you remember the photo op he took of holding the Bible that's not his outside the church he mm-hmm. doesn't attend after tear gassing people? And why did he do that? Down? It wasn't upside down. It was just it a stu- No, it, everything else was stupid. That wasn't one of the reasons. <laughs> but the whole thing he was trying to do is say, look, if I hold the Bible, you will love me because that's all you people like. Mm-hmm. Like the, the lip service and photo ops. That's all I need to do because none of you people actually care about substance. So at this rally, he said, someone said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far, which no, that is not a thing that happened. No one talks like that. No other human except him talks like that. And also, who says that to a politician? Yeah, yeah. And also, who's talking to Trump for fun? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody likes him. Nobody loves someone, him. Someone without a name said to me the other day, you're the most famous person in the world by far. And mm-hmm. he said, no, I'm not. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. They said, I'm quoting him, by the way. They said, yes, you are. I <laughs> said, no. They said, who's more famous? <laughs> and I, and you got to see the video because you got to see his facial reaction. Because well, you know, you, you know he, that. he's setting himself up for his own joke. And he's about to bask in applause. And he's waited for this moment for seconds while he thought of this line. Is it Jesus? So he said, who's more famous? I said, pause, Jesus Christ. And then he smiles and the audience cheers. And he goes on to say, I'm I'm not taking any chances. I'm not going to I'm not having any arguments. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to take any chances. Let me look up and I'll say, I assume to Jesus, it's not even close. You know so what's I so funny Trump, about that, Hammett? What? 
The other day, my dog told me, Jessica, you're the prettiest lady in the whole wide world. And I was like, no, Dottie. And she was like, you are. And I was like, no, Dottie. And she was like, who would be more beautiful? <laughs> and you know what I said, Hemet? What'd you say? Christ. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It's a thing that didn't happen, and the audience ate it up. It's so embarrassing. Like, if it wasn't horrifying, it's so cringy and secondhand embarrassing. I'm I'm kind of... Like, remember the Beatles got in trouble when they said, like, we're bigger Bigger than than Jesus. Jesus. Like, for a second and for a kind of a joke, like... We're very popular. It was a joke. It was sarcastic. Or maybe if it wasn't, it was still kind of tongue in cheek. Well, and it was also, I think, legitimately true at that point. Like there were more people bought Beatles albums than were Christians or something like that. I feel like I went down a rabbit hole at that one time. But but Trump is, according to, I don't know what ranking that doesn't exist, in the order of global fame throughout history, it's like Jesus then Trump, then apparently, yeah, I don't know, distance. Like, there's no list at which, there's no actual published list at which Trump is anything at the top in terms of fame or popularity or anything. If if it's most admired person, it's Obama. If it's most popular on, like, Twitter or Instagram, it's definitely not him. Yeah. Like, I think it's Ronaldo, the soccer star, is the most Instagram-followed person. It, I look. I had to look, because I'm like, there's no way he's even close, and he's not. But yeah, like... But also, fame is not an objective thing that you can no, quantify. And also, he made up a stupid story so he could say the word Jesus Christ at his rally and have the people clap and smile while and that's the story he came up with. Like, even in his, like, dumb fantasies, his conversations are always about people just, like, admiring him. It's genuinely, like, if I did not loathe this man with everything I have inside me, I would pity him so much. He has such a pathetic life. Like, he loves nobody. Nobody loves him. He, like, everything he says is a lie. The woman who sat behind him at that stupid town hall yesterday, and I saw her blurry because she's behind him, and she was nodding during the town hall every time he said something. Like, he would say a lie on the NBC town hall, and this woman behind him, you could just see her nodding her head in approval. And it turns out, oh, wait, she's a Trump person. Like, they put her right behind him. A Trump person as in, like, like works for him? Oh, okay. Trump support. Um, There was also a woman who asked a question who's like, before she asked her question, she's like, you're so handsome. You have <laughs> such a great smile. And then it turns out she's voting for Biden. No! <laughs> You're lying. Is that true? I'm not lying. That is totally true. I want to say I didn't watch either debate because I had a book club meeting at that time. Hashtag white people. Um, (laughs) But what I did do, because apparently this is what politics are now, is I turned on the Biden debate and had it on mute in the background because I wanted to contribute to his streaming numbers because I knew it was going to be a thing. So and it worked. It worked. He got higher ratings. Online. I felt like a real hack doing. You have it. saved the country by being white. Oh, thank you so much! You're Finally, welcome. Finally, I used my whiteness for good. <laughs> so, speaking of his conservative Christian base, this is interesting to me because it's we're it, we're not at the point where we can make anything definitive. But let me say two things about his numbers. In 2016, famously, 81 percent of white evangelicals 
give or take, mm-hmm. voted for him. Of, of all the white evangelical voters, 81% voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. Over the summer, that number actually got as high as 83% among white evangelicals. The Pew Research Center just this week came out with a survey, similar, like, who are you voting for survey. This one was conducted after uh, he caught COVID, after the first debate. Actually, I, I take that back. It was after the first debate as he got COVID, I believe. But that white evangelical support is at 78%. Uh-oh. Now, is that within the margin of error with like 83? Yeah. I mean, is that's why I'm saying way too early. high. Yes. Yes, it is. But here's the thing. I was looking back. Pastor Robert Jeffress is one of those Southern Baptist pastors who has defended Trump on Fox News and everywhere else. He said in an interview not long ago, like a month or two ago, that he said he thinks it'll get higher, like the white evangelical uh, rate will get higher for Trump. And he even said, I'm going to quote Jeffress. This is from August. Democrats know they can't win the evangelical vote. What they're And by that, he means white evangelical. Hmm. What they're hoping to do is to shave maybe four or five points off of his evangelical base in order to tip the election in six battleground states. That's really what the end game is here. Well, 78% right there is five points off from where Trump was over the summer. And like you said, that's still a lot. But taking five points away from the strongest part of his base. And really the the base that single-handedly elected him. Like that was yeah, the- because these are the committed voters that fall for his stuff and they're too gullible to like cr- be critical of him. If you're losing some of those people, think about who you're losing among other people less gullible than that. Like, and again, it's early. There's a lot that could happen, obviously. So don't take 78% as if it's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. But again, it's if he's slipping there, he's in trouble. And I don't want to get optimistic, but that made me smile. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the whole jam right now is... I'm I like give myself little tiny little pockets of optimism of like literally I'll give myself five seconds to like imagine a Joe Biden victory and then I go back but like I'm allowing I'm not I'm full on panicked about things yeah the Supreme Court for example yeah I am no longer full on panicked about the election I'm scared I'm terrified my palms just started sweating when I brought it up but I. I'm allowing myself some cautious optimism. My therapist gave me that permission, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I, I don't want anyone to get complacent. I don't want anyone, anyone, anyone to look at poll numbers and, and feel confident, but right. I want people to continue donating and like, I'd rather be us than them, right. but you're right. Don't get complacent. But I'd be panicking more if the numbers were different, you know? Yes. And so, I don't know. I keep, I'm, I keep thinking back. I, I was fortunate enough in 2008 to be aware of politics at the time. And I was in Grant Park for that Obama rally. Oh, and yeah? I was, but I wasn't aware of, like, how to, how to follow election night. So, like, I was waiting until they announced his victory, not realizing that 
wait, his victory was probably foretold about two hours before I found out about it. Right. But being in that park and watching all those people celebrating, and you could see those videos on YouTube, like just Grant Park, Chicago, Obama, Mm -hmm. um, the amount of sheer joy at that. And I, it would be weird that you won't see those parties this time around because of the pandemic. Uh But also it's like, I remember the happiness of that. And I remember the uh, alone sorrow (laughs) that I had in 2016, just sitting at like a house and just watching the returns until 3am and it's dread. It's like, it could flip. It's not going to solve everything, but that's the start you have to have in order to solve stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I, I will never, ever, 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 ever forget that feeling I had when like Florida or whatever went to Trump. I don't remember when kind of the tipping point was, but like, I remember sitting on the floor in front of my TV with a (laughs) match, a big glass of wine in front of me. And I had been wearing like my nasty women vote shirt that I made. And I wore a blazer to work that day for reasons. I don't fucking know. Like pantsuit nation. And I, I voted and came back and thinking, that was good. I feel proud of this. Oh that my day. god, I teared up right? when I voted for Hillary. Yeah. Like voting for a woman was hugely emotional for me. Um, but I don't know. What's your hey? What is your plan to vote, Hammond? Uh, I did it. I'm done. I filled it. I requested the absentee ballot. I filled it oh, out. Did. We dropped it off in person, and it's been received. So I'm done. Oh, good. My I'm inner. still getting a gazillion text messages telling me to vote. So but, fucking many text messages. But, Holy shit! <laughs> so many. <laughs> that's okay. I can ignore those. That's fine. I'm done, though. You know, Mikey I'm not waiting. Are going to early vote in person because we're both. Mikey's main thing is that you know how you have to like sign your ballot yeah. like 13 times. Mikey has a bonkers signature that never looks the same, and he's very scared <laughs> of his vote getting thrown out. Sure, um, so, so go in person so they can't do that. Yeah, and we're gonna go on like a Thursday at 10:30 a.m. or something. Like we're trying to figure out like the least crowded time. We don't want to go first thing. I don't want to go during lunch. Yeah. Anyway, it's. I, I am optimistic. Just seeing. I mean, not seeing long lines, that's not a good sign because that's not ever a good thing. But Uh, seeing how many people are trying to early vote is good. I mean, the numbers coming out are bananas. Now we have to figure out how to make it rain on election day because Trump is banking on everyone coming out on one single day now because he's already poisoned the pot of... Yes. The majority of Trump supporters said we don't... Basically said we don't trust mail-in ballots we don't want to do it early because we can wait like they're all planning this is why the election returns on election day you may not get an answer that night because you got to count up all those early votes but trump is banking on everyone voting that day and democrats are banking on everyone voting early more so yeah so this is obviously totally anecdotal but i i told you bad Right. Um, I'm the precinct committee person for my my precinct. So part of like basically my main duty is I do door to door voting information. So it's yeah. like information on the candidates and where they can vote, when they can vote, all that stuff. And it's just information. And, and you know, obviously it's through the Democratic Party. So I'm promoting Democratic candidates, but it's more like a get out the vote thing. Um, so I knock, uh, I have a walk list of all of the registered Democrats in my neighborhood. There's like 300 something uh, doors yeah. that I was supposed to knock. Um, 
And one, so I talked to probably, I'd say 70 people like face to face. Yeah. And one person said they were voting on election day. Everybody wow. else said they were either voting by mail or voting early. Literally one person said they were voting on election Good, day. Because that means they have a plan. Like yes. they are interested yeah, enough to say, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it early. Yeah. And that's and, part of the job. Like people tell you when you, if you've ever knocked doors before, it's you, it's, you're usually not convincing anybody to vote for your candidate. You're just making sure you ask them, what is your plan to vote? And like, yep. people are really off put when a stranger is like, what is your plan to vote? Are you voting by mail? They're like, okay, lady, like, first of all, <laughs> go away. Um, but yeah, that's the most important thing is making sure people have a plan. And most of the, I, almost everybody did. Like two people said they didn't know how they're going to vote, like in terms of method. Okay. Uh, I, and- I'm actually surprised like that, even thinking back now, the fact that I voted in 2016 on election day I'm like, man, I got lucky that no shit was going down in my life that day oh, that I yeah. could go on election day. And now I'm like, holy crap, like a gazillion weird things. I blame the kids like a gazillion weird things happen at any given moment. Of course, I'm voting early because I don't want like, oh, the kid fell down. I got to take care of that. And then I can't vote. And I don't want that to happen. Like, I can't imagine ever voting on election day again, given the option. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. I, when I lived in Chicago, I usually voted on election day because it was like right next to my apartment. Yeah. And so I could just walk in and I would go there like, you know, I would go there at like 7.30 or whatever and I didn't work till nine. Yeah. Um, so that I usually did on election day. But since we've moved to the suburbs, we have to go to the, the Fox Valley Mall is like our closest voting yeah. place. So you got to go a little ways. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, not next far, door. but it's, right. yeah, it's, you have to drive there. And I think since we've lived here for four years now, and I think we've voted early every, every time. Yeah, it really like, was yeah. easy. It really wasn't that complicated if you read the rules, wait, <laughs> which they this, make clear. This might be a really naive question, but every state has early voting, right? Or no? Um, I do think all just all about all of, I need to, yeah, yeah. you double check that. Okay. Just about all of them do. For sure. I mean, they have to. It's, it would, it looks like not all of them do. I mean, it's just such a wild thing to, like, the year. I know they limit, yeah, I know they limit early voting in some states, but I can't imagine they don't have that option at all. Alabama does not have early voting. (laughs) Of course, Alabama doesn't have. Colorado is all mail-in voting. Did you know that? Yeah, and their, what was the number? Their crazy returns, like it was 2,600% over what it was in 2016 yeah. by this date. It was insane. So good. Do you want to talk about this Supreme Court thing? Because that actually happened this week. I kind of now just want to talk about every single state and their election <laughs> policies. <laughs> While you look that up. Yeah, so let's talk about the confirmation hearing, which happened this week, which I, man, as someone whose job is basically to watch this shit, I could not watch all of this shit. My Mostly because myself was to not watch a fucking <laughs> solitary second of it. Part of it is it's an illegitimate appointment at this point. Part of it is Republicans who don't even care about her answers to anything. They don't ask real questions. They just mm-hmm. spend their time praising her or asking her gimme questions, which she still failed. Ben Sass asked her like, well, what's in the First Amendment? And yeah. she screwed up. And she still screwed up. It was some um, like Rick Perry bullshit. Like, oops. <laughs> um, also, I like she maybe get out your notebook and write something yeah, on it. She wasn't it, taking any notes or writing any notes. Like, honestly, when I used to interview people back in the day, if people didn't like, 
at least seem prepared to take notes, I almost never would. I would almost always pass on them because like, no, fucking write something down. Like, I right. don't pretend. The like, things, I mean, I would have, I, I wasn't impressed by the lack of notes, but also you can always write down these are the things they're asking because they all every politician will ramble on for a while. It's like, oh, they want me to talk about this, this, this. Those are easy things to chat down. Ah, whatever, that's besides the point. I will say she didn't answer anything, which she thinks is a strategy. Like I can't answer a question about climate change. What if it comes up? Um, she... But- I saw yeah. a thing, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but uh, I saw a thing about a bunch of law students because she kept saying, I can't answer anything on hypothetical questions. <laughs> Which is all tic- law school. Yeah, it's a bunch of TikToks of law, law students with like their giant fucking books like, cool, don't need this, don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would like a refund on my law school, please. Yeah, I saw some of those. They were hilarious. Um, I will say, she won't answer any questions because she's like, I don't know what I would do if a situation came up. It doesn't matter what I signed my these anti-abortion petitions in the past. Because my personal views are now out the window because I'm a justice. But I will say every anti-abortion group and every anti-gay group is already looking ahead. So the National Organization for Marriage, which is an anti-gay marriage group... Uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, the Democratic senator, even cited them as one of the groups that is fighting for her confirmation. They sent out a message to supporters that basically was like a victory party for overturning Obergefell and making sure marriage equality isn't nationwide. They wrote down in their email, you know, after 2015, people said we were crazy to think that was possible. The overturning, I mean, we were mocked and ridiculed, dot, 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 regardless Nom pressed on their nom. And now the supposedly unthinkable is clearly within sight. They don't think we're crazy any longer. Like, first of all, well, yes, never, we do. Well, I never thought they were crazy. I thought they were evil monsters. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> but they're, they're all things mixed up. Just to be clear, they're not even talking about the abortion thing, which is the thing everyone says is on the chopping block. They're talking about overturning marriage equality. And they're like, yep, it's going to happen. We're so close to it. I, I do not know which one I am more stressed about. Like, those are two... Uh, those are the two things that like I want to strangle never never uh Biden people on never, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking ki- like this isn't you don't want to vote for him because he's not perfect but this is what you're willing to s- settle for if you don't vote for him because you don't think this is a big enough deal yeah. to change the trajectory of the court and last night we should point out Biden said during his town hall, they said, are, are you going to answer if you're supportive, supporting uh, expanding the court? And Biden has said over and over, I don't want to answer that because if I answer it, that's going to be the only thing you ever talk about. Right. But he did say I would answer the question before the election. And I think this is a fair thing to say. He said, I'm waiting to s-. he didn't say this. I'm saying this. He said, basically, I'm waiting to see what Republicans do with her nomination because they can go through the motions of a confirmation hearing. Right. But it's not a done deal until they actually confirm her, which is about two weeks away. And if they confirm her, he's basic. I mean, I hope, I hope he will say, look, they've now gotten two illegitimate judges right. on the court, um, stolen one seat, put ran through this one. And then there was Kavanaugh in the middle. Like, 
it, we have to expand the courts, whatever, because now he can get away with it. It's too close to the election. And the other thing with the Kavanaugh thing is that Justice Kennedy sort of retired out of the clear blue sky. Yeah, in order to get Kavanaugh, who worked for him, in there. So, like, you can argue they've now tipped the courts in Republicans' favor, and it's illegitimate in a lot of ways. But basically, look, if Democrats win the Senate, if they win the presidency, none of it matters if you have a 6-3 to court that could undo anything they want to undo. And there's a couple more points I want to make about this Supreme Court. Two congressmen, uh, Jared Huffman, the open humanist in Congress, and Jamie Raskin, they both are part of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. They pointed out something even scarier, which is to say it's not just marriage equality that's that could be under fire with this six to three conservative Supreme Court. They said, I'm quoting here from a, a statement they put out, any government that can turn the clock back to discriminate against same sex couples can also turn it back to discriminate against interracial and interfaith couples. Basically saying if there is a religious argument that some Christian business owner doesn't want to, I don't know, make a wedding cake, the same wedding cake they would sell to a straight couple. Um, I don't want to sell it to this couple because it's an interracial relationship and my religion says that's not okay. I realize that's a fringe belief, but if you're making the argument that religious liberty, religious freedom triumphs overall, that's a thing you the court could then say, all right, well, I guess this is the logical end game of that. Um, if Kim Davis or a future Kim Davis says, I'm not going to sign this wedding certificate because you two are of different religions and my religion doesn't allow that to happen. That's the religious freedom argument that this. Do you yeah. think that's a legit concern or is it more of a slippery slope argument? I don't think it's slippery slope. And this is the point they were trying to make, which is that we realized you're going to say this is slippery slope. Of course, no Christian is out there saying we oppose interracial marriage. No politicians are really defending that or anything. What they're saying is the arguments they would use to take down uh, same-sex marriage rights and LGBTQ rights in general, the arguments you make to limit those rights could easily be used by other people who say, well, if you're letting that business owner get away with it, I'm a business owner and my religion says I don't have to support interracial couples. It's not that it's common. It's that logically that could happen. And their argument is we shouldn't allow religious freedom arguments like that to win out. But if you confirm Amy Coney Barrett, they will win out. Like she's made that very clear. Her supporters have made that clear. And this is what happens with the conservative supermajority on the court. That I think is the point they were trying to make. Like, yeah. I'm sure you've looked into it more than I have. What would the consequence? So if if the gay marriage law gets overturned, it throws yeah. back to the states, right? Right. So what I'm trying to think. So I'm I'm thinking of the wedding I officiated uh, yeah. in 2015. So we they got me. Ma- I married them. I, they got married in uh, Illinois, mm-hmm. and now they live in. Portland, Oregon, because that's where lesbians have so to both move. Of those, both um, of those are fine for same sex marriages. They move to Kentucky. Is yeah, I don't know. In that, I, I don't know what that looks like. I'm not sure what the specifics would be, but the state may say we don't recognize your marriage. Uh, there's no, you have no legal rights as a married couple here. So, I mean, I am hypothesizing here. If one person's in the hospital, the other person. They could say you can't come in to visit your partner in the hospital because you're not family. Yeah. Um, adopting 
a, right. a federally funded adoption agency that says, sorry, we're not working with you. We don't work with gay couples because we believe in Jesus here. Yeah. Um, even though they get federal funding, the state could say, yeah, I mean, they're fine. They can do that. That's already like on the chopping block now. So that's the fear. It's it's the same as abortion. It's if you have the money and the ability to move to a state where, you know, tolerance is a thing, then you'll you'll be okay. But not everyone has that luxury. Not everyone has the ability to move out. And that is the bigger fear. Rich people are always going to be able to get abortions. And man, I don't know. I'm so sweaty over this. There was an article in Slate that I thought was worth pointing out. Uh, Mark Joseph Stern, who does just awesome, easy to understand legal analysis for them, put out a statement saying, look, he is, he's fully on board with expanding the court, add more justices to it. I don't buy, I don't think that's a slippery slope at all. Uh, Cause you could set the boundaries to that. You could say, look, we're, we're expanding the court and here are the new rules for term limits or whatever you want to put for judges. I'm fine with expanding the courts. He, he is too. What he said, um, and this is the thing to bring up. He made a pitch that said, if Joe Biden wins and if Democrats win the Senate, it's still going to be a hard sell to convince some Democrats to expand the court. And, you, and you'll, you're going to need every one of those votes, right? Mm-hmm. So he said, and you're going to have a hard time selling it to the American public because Republicans will act like, oh, how dare they do this power grab? We would never do such a thing, right. which is BS because that's what they do. Um, again, we've said this before. Republicans are fine with changing the number of justices on the court when it suits their needs. They were willing to let it shrink under a possible Hillary presidency by never confirming anybody she nominated. Mm-hmm. And now they're just adding on people because they can add Republicans. They don't need to expand the court because it's already expanded in their favor. Um, so I don't buy the both sides argument on this. But here is what he is saying. Right now, it, let's say there's an anti-abortion case that could in theory, just eradicate abortion rights nationwide. Mm-hmm. You have to have four of the nine justices say, yeah, we'll listen to the case for it to even come to the table. And right now, for whatever reason, we are not privy to their deliberations. The Supreme Court has not taken the sort of cases that could overturn Roe v. Wade or could eliminate. They might go on the fringes mm-hmm. and say like, oh, the the abortion clinics wait, uh, hallways have to be a slightly larger size, but they haven't gone to the heart of the, the issues, okay? Mm-hmm. So his argument is why, is, why are they not taking up those cases? It is possible that the liberal justices are saying, well, we don't want you to take this case because we don't like the possible outcome here, right. so we mm-hmm. don't want you to do it. It's possible someone like John Roberts, maybe Neil Gorsuch says, yeah, we are not taking this either because John Roberts cares about the legitimacy of the court and he likes moving in small incremental steps. So maybe he's against it too. Well, if it's a six to three court, you're not necessarily going to have that. You're not going to have that check on those crazy cases, right? Mm -hmm. So his argument is, you know what? Those liberal justices should do us all a favor and go ahead and take up, vote to take up the sort of cases that would overturn Obergefell, that would overturn Roe v. Wade, force your colleagues to issue a ruling on those things now. Like because Amy Cohen Barrett. Puff. No. Oh. With her there. Oh, okay. Make them vote on it. And the short-term answer is they may very well overturn marriage equality. They may overturn Roe v. Wade. And that is bad. But... If they do that, if Democrats are in power, 
They would have the ability to pass a law to fix that. They would then have a case to make, not a hypothetical case for expanding the court on the premise of like, well, a conservative supermajority might do X, Y, Z. You could say, well, look, they just overturned marriage equality. Now are you ready to expand the courts? And now that's an easier case to make while the Democrats are in the position to do it. Because the worst case scenario would be Democrats have the ability to expand the courts. They don't do it because they're cowards. And then like two or three years from now, when that six to three court is still there, they go ahead and take those Roe v. Wade cases. They go ahead and overturn Obergefell. And the Senate doesn't it, the Senate doesn't look like it's going to be in the Republicans uh, Democrats favor in 2022. Like whatever Senate the Democrats could have right now, that's as good as it's going to get for a while. Mm-hmm. So pull the Band-Aid now. Make it bad now. Make the argument that we need to expand the court now because look at what they're doing instead of waiting until you have no power to do it because the court could easily slow walk those cases, Mm -hmm. not take them up now, wait till Democrats are out of power, then go full force and do everything we don't want. So uh, Mark Joseph Stern's argument is liberal justices, do us all a favor, take on the bad cases you have been hesitating to take up, maybe because you want to save us, Mm -hmm. take them now, get the bad results Get them out of the way now. So let, let us know if abortion is a constitutional right. Um, and if the answer is no, we have the possibility of being able to do something now. Give us that opportunity. Um, I, I don't know. I read that. I'm like, that's sad and scary. And also that may be what has to happen because I don't think enough Democrats. I've gotten this online, too, when I've said expand the courts. Plenty of Democrats are like, well, Republicans will just expand it later. Like, they'll make stupid arguments for why we shouldn't do that. I don't think they understand the gravity of the situation. And that, again, Republicans are already expanding the courts. It's not in response to what Democrats would do. Democrats are responding to what Republicans have already done. Mm -hmm. So, like, the idea that, well, Republicans will just expand it with more people and then we'll have more judges than people in Congress. Like, no, it's a stupid argument. And you know what? Even if that happened, that's what's going on now. So what are you pretending like it's not going on now? Well, good job, Hammett. You've End of my rant. all the way the fuck out. My job here is done. I hope you get anxiety. Uh, oh, get anxiety. I'm sorry. More anxiety. I haven't stopped flop sweating since like <laughs> March. Uh, let's talk about Sean Foyt. Who the fuck is that, Hammett? He is the Christian singer slash worship leader slash mega cultist who is holding super spreader COVID concerts all over the country, singing his Christian songs. And he's like, Christians, we have a right to worship. Come to my concert. You don't need to wear a mask. You can don't you don't have to socially distance. And he brings together hundreds, if not thousands of people in all of these cities and then leaves while they spread the COVID. Um, he was in Nashville uh, this week. Mm-hmm. And again, didn't get a permit. He posted on Twitter, a police officer escorting me out tonight said he estimated nine to 10,000 worshipers filled the courthouse steps. The church will not be silenced. All caps. These fucking people. I swear to fucking God. It's this mentality of rules don't apply to me because of God is make is going to do my entire head in. Like I yeah. do not 
it is this result of a century or a half century of people kowtowing to the religious right to the point where they see no consequences for their actions. And here we fucking are. Yep. And he's been doing this everywhere. He's still doing it. He's, he always says like, well, these are protests, you know, I'm just like black lives matter. Ha ha ha. And so he just keeps doing this. I finally, this week in Nashville, they finally responded in a way I haven't seen other cities respond the Metro Public Health Department said he never applied for a permit or an application to the health department to hold something like this, which could give him grounds to take some legal action against him, but I don't know yet. They wrote at the end, the health department is very concerned by the actions that took place at the event. We are investigating and will pursue appropriate penalties against the organizer. I mean, I hope they do. No mm-hmm. one has been able to lay a hand on this guy so far. But, I mean, again, I, unless criminal charges are brought against him, I don't know. This won't stop because he's like you said, he's on this like righteous crusade. He has an ego that he thinks he's doing something on behalf of Jesus when really he's just putting his Christian fans in danger. And again, I've said this before, too. If an atheist did that much harm to that many Christians in one place, it would be a hate crime. But because he's doing it. It's just an outdoor church service. I'm so tired. Aren't you tired? I'm so tired. You know what I was excited about? Like I, people saying that the Joe Biden town hall last night, it was it was boring. <laughs> it was he was like, Mr. Rogers said a supporter of Trump as if that was a bad thing. Wait, but it's I, like I saw the Mr. Rogers thing. Somebody compared him to Mr. Rogers as if that's an insult. Yes, Mercedes Schlapp, who's one of the president's campaign people, is like, oh, this is like Mr. watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And everyone's like, do you realize that's a cell phone? You mean the like, most beloved children's <laughs> the 20th century, that Mr. Rogers? The yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. For the... the for comfort and... Yeah, for comfort, <laughs> visible, <laughs> like, person who personifies dignity and kindness that that yeah he's like that would be horrible to go back to that yes (sighs) president daniel tiger over here you'll know when am i living in a different reality like i swear to god like it can you imagine having a week can you imagine having a week of stories that doesn't have to revolve around you know this idiot because he's out of office. Can you imagine late night comedy shows having the ability to joke about anything else because they don't have to constantly make it about politics it's or not- TV shows or books that aren't just about him and the corruption? Genuinely, I don't know that, like, even if we get a president, Joe Biden, I do not know how much Trump is going to, like, fade into the background. I think we're stuck with him as a notable public figure until that motherfucker dies that's true but he that happens because there's an entire right-wing echo chamber that uh, like every magazine i read is always about him too or the people surrounding him or the things they're doing like i can't even i've i feel like i've said this before i can't remember the last time i read books like rarely do i read a novel or a book that's not about politics or religion. You know what I mean? It would be nice to have the luxury to think about other stuff. And I feel like there's too much going on for someone like, for us, 
who have to talk about this stuff. Like, it would be cool to talk about religion in a way that doesn't revolve around politics, but not right now. Can't do that. There's too much at stake. And we've gotten criticisms in the past, not lately, really, but in the past of like that we focus too much on Christians and not enough on like the various shit like Christians can pull or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. Like it's to me, it's the same reason. Like uh, you have to attack, like we have to focus on something that's doing active harm to a lot of people. And like, and that sucks because there's probably shit that's going, that's flying under the radar that, requires our not our personal attention but like the focus of people like us and i don't have the bandwidth for it did you at the beginning of the pandemic did you watch john krasinski's like good news show on youtube Yeah, for like three weeks yeah and the whole i forget the this whole story behind that but the whole point of it is look i know you're inundated with trump let me just tell you happy things for a little bit but the fact that that has to be like a frivolous side gig like, where, like, look, I'm doing this on purpose because you don't want to talk about him. You, we could live in a world where, like, I mean, I know this is, I know Democrats are not perfect. I know there was bad stuff happening when Obama was in office, too. But imagine living in a country where if you don't want to pay attention to politics all the time, you you don't have to. Like, I like sports, but honestly, even the NBA Finals, even the, the World Series, baseball playoffs happening now, I'm not really into it. It might be on in the background, but I couldn't really care that much because I'm like, I, this seems like such low stakes and my teams aren't in it, but it feels, yeah, yeah. Like I need, I wish I could go to a time when like, if I don't want to pay attention to what's going on in government, you could, because you could trust that competent people were in charge and at least the people who are paying attention to the stuff you need to pay attention to, like that's. It would be cool if an expose was a rare thing because mm-hmm. it didn't happen every damn day. Um, Pete Buttigieg tweeted yesterday at some point, like, imagine turning on your TV and the president is speaking and your blood pressure goes down instead of up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You could watch... I, I, I watch Rachel Maddow all the time and I can think of when her show back in the Obama times, maybe even before that, she would have segments where she makes cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Like there were segments that weren't about Trump. And I know like the show, it show changes all the time. We don't do the same show we started out doing either. But the fact that it's like, you know what? We talked about the bad stuff. We talked about some stuff. Let's spend a couple minutes doing something amusing. Yeah. like when You can't do that now. Let's let ourselves have a moment to relax. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's so it's so so much and it's all the fucking time and every time i get an alert from my phone i'm like fuck what now yeah i just i I will wake up and i don't follow a gazillion people on twitter but when there's like 150 new tweets since i went to bed at 2 a.m it's like what the fuck did he do now like and this morning it was oh he tweeted the babylon b got it okay um (laughs) i wanted to bring up uh, here's here's one example of a somewhat fun not it's not even fun but it's a frivolous story that's not trump related um two years ago in ontario i believe in canada uh, an artist created statues um of jesus on a bench and basically it doesn't look like jesus it's jesus like covered up in a blanket but if you look closely there are holes in his hands where he was crucified you could tell it was jesus if you were looking for the signs right mm-hmm. so he put up these statues 
multiple statues of homeless Jesus in parks around the city of Hamilton. And they did this. Those statues were popular enough because it got people saying like, oh, that's a that's a homeless person on a bench. Mm -hmm. Oh, but it's Jesus. Like, how do you treat this person who is clearly in need? And the artist wanted you to think that way. Like, do you ignore the statue? Right. Or do you actually do something to try to help only to realize this is Jesus? By the way, some Christian pastors have gotten viral videos because sometimes they will do this thing where they do dress up like a homeless person and stand outside the church as people are walking in and they beg for money and people are filming them quietly without telling the the congregation. And you see people walking past like, oh no, I'm not giving you anything. Mm-hmm. And then when the pastor, when it's time for the pastor to get on stage, the homeless man comes on stage what? and then he unveils the outfit and he's like, what are you doing for the least of these? Ta-da! And it's a viral video. Yeah, like, listen, if... If you're going to go to church, that's a good message to take away from it. Yeah, I I don't doubt that for a second. And that's the point of these statues. That's the reason these homeless Jesus statues have been going around, around the world uh, for a couple of years. So (laughs) in the city of uh, Bay Village, Ohio, St. Barnabas Episcopal Church just got one of these statues for like a month. They got a loan for like a month Mm -hmm. and they installed it outside their church and 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes after they installed it, uh, someone called the cops and the pastor tweeted about this later uh, saying it was 20 minutes after we installed it. But he basically said uh, the conversation he had with the cop said someone reported a homeless person sleeping on a park bench. I should say the person who called, we don't have their name, it doesn't matter. The person who called said it might be a statue. I'm not sure. Really? Yeah, they did say that. The cops just But they wanted to call the cops just in case. And somebody was lying on a bench like a real asshole. Yes. And Reverend Alex Martin, Father Alex Martin, basically said, look, the reason we wanted to put up this statue in our community outside of our church is because we live in one of the wealthiest parts of Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, I want to read this right. It is the 18th wealthiest suburb by median home income. I don't know if that's all of Ohio or Northeast Ohio, but it's a wealthy area. So homelessness is not a real problem in their community. So we said, I wanted to put this statue, the homeless Jesus bench statue out there, because maybe it makes people pause and stop and think about what are we doing to help those who don't have the privilege we do. Mm -hmm. Um, He said he hoped it made it quote, a bit kinder and gentler with one another. That's what he wanted to do. And also, by the way, they were raising money to help people who are less fortunate as part of the exhibit, the art exhibit. And then someone called the cops. I should say the cop reacted fine too. Like they went to talk to the pastor. Like I'm sure they had a, uh, not in a bad way. They had a good laugh about it. But the whole point was, if you call the cops on that situation, what if that was a real person? What if you call the cops? Like there is a good chance something that person. Yeah. Yeah. It could have ended really badly. It was like the, the central park guy watching the birds. And then the woman's like, I'm going to call the cops on you. He wasn't doing anything bad, but the fear of calling the cops is something bad could have happened because of the allegation. You hear another story came forward that she later called the cops again and said he assaulted her. So she made the same excuse about another dude. 
Oh, it was a different guy. I thought it was the same. It was a different guy. guy. Yeah, I, it may have happened before. What are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, but the statue in Ohio. I mean, it worked. It got people talking about homelessness, and now with the publicity after the someone calls the cops, good maybe. Art. It's good art and it gets people talking about like, okay, what would we have done in this situation had it been an actual homeless person? Because again, this is the whole defund the cops movement. Like you don't want a cop coming out to that. You need a social worker. You need someone who can help that person get the help they need. You need affordable housing that that person can get into. There are things you could do if there are homeless people in your community that are so much better than call the cops and make them get out of here. Yeah, I would say call the cops. I was going to say at the bottom of your list, but I'd go ahead and just strike it off your list altogether. I would say don't call the cops on homeless people in general. Trying to sleep and do nothing else. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that person mm-hmm. wasn't bothering anyone because it was Jesus and he wasn't moving. Yeah. So. Uh, Does it feel like every like once a year a story comes out that like, oh, hey, Norway figured out that if we're um, – if we give homeless people a house and like a couple hundred bucks, they turn their life around real quick. And everyone's like, yes. what? <laughs> if you just give here? them money, things are better. How yeah. does this happen? It's cheaper overall for the city to just give them like a thousand bucks a month than to like put them in jail or. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Which so- by the way, again, that is kind of what the defund the police movement is mm-hmm. basically about saying, why don't you reallocate the money that goes to cops into paying for stuff like that into social workers and uh, uh, guaranteed income, things like that. And we would be in a better society that has fewer problems that the cops are supposed to take care of, but they don't have to because you wouldn't have them to begin with. A couple months ago, I had a moment like that of like, I had a friend who was having a crisis in Chicago and I'm, you know, we're whatever, three miles outside Chicago right now. And there wasn't anything I could do to physically help him. And I was like, who? it would be super helpful if there was a hotline I could call and be like, hey, I think my friend is having a mental health crisis. Could somebody please go help him and not have a gun? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to fucking call the cops on my buddy. Like, but I was scared for him and needed help. And th- that's not a resource I have. Right. Um, so, hey, the art is working, like you said. Good. Um, I I feel like I'm done for today. Yeah. Um, Where do we find us anymore? Oh, really quick before yes. we move on. The whole thing about the stem cell. Uh, oh, yeah. Thing. Go for it. Um, there's an anti-abortion group. So, f- so for background, there is a cock, like a anybody cocktail that Trump got for his COVID-19 and it was revealed that it was tested um, using stem cells that were derived from a fetus that was aborted in 1972 in the Netherlands. Yeah, not the cocktail he received, but the research that went into creating that cocktail would not have been possible if not for the stem cells they got from an aborted fetus decades ago. Which, if these people got their way, that would have never happened, never existed. We wouldn't have had that medication. Um, they So they said... That they've been uh, criticized. The anti-abortion side has been criticized mm-hmm. basically for that hypocrisy. Like, hey, isn't this your boy? 
he's taken the abortion drug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what do you got to say about that? So all these groups uh, told, uh, this is a Business Insider article, they said they would not engage in this controversy because they believe that the cells used in testing bore little connection to the 1972 abortion and others because antibody cocktail itself didn't contain traces of fetal tissue. They have no criticism of Trump. They support him because he opposes abortion and has vowed to overturn Roe v. Wade. I I don't know, man. Like these people are monsters. Like vegetarians who use animal products. Like, well, I didn't kill the animal. Like they don't make that argument because you know it's a stupid one. I don't eat meat, but I love my leather shoes. Yeah, uh, like it's the same damn thing. Like don't. And again, in the Trump case, it's medicine, theoretically, that he needed to live. Mm. And that's fine. Like, I don't even know if the the drug cocktail is the thing that helped him necessarily. But the point is, if the research is beneficial to the point where it could save lives, we should be wanting to do more of that research. That research is not bad. And by the way, it's not like they, I don't know, tore off a baby's head to create it. This is an aborted fetus that they were going to discard. because That's what you do when you perform that sort of procedure. And Planned Parenthood sometimes has said they got in trouble for this. They said, look, if researchers need this stuff for their, their work, mm-hmm. just pay for the shipping and handling. We will send you the material. Otherwise, we're going to discard it as we have to. Yeah, and people got mad for they were like pay, they're like, selling it. They're yeah. selling it. They're making money. No, they're not. One could make an argument if we were still in a place where logic meant anything. One could make an argument that stem cell research is highly pro life because we are helping people who are alive and walking around and are fully formed human beings who we don't yes, want. But to that's die. only only in a world where words have meanings. Mm. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm so right? tired now. Can I take a nap? It's 1230 nope. on Friday. Three more weeks. You're not allowed to sleep. <laughs> Two and a half more weeks. Then you um, can take a rest for a couple hours. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. So, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm almost at 2,000 followers, Hammett. Look at you. Big benchmark. Soon you are hitting the one million moms number right there. <laughs> Ugh, I just want to be verified so bad, just so I can access whatever y'all blue check marks have. Oh, uh, man, they send us a package every week. It's great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can follow me there on Twitter. You can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, wanted to let you know that um, my – I know I always plug my Etsy store. Uh, my Etsy store is still up, but I um, – pull down all of my cross stitches that like I make and sell. So it's only selling patterns because I just got extraordinarily overwhelmed with the work I had to do on top of like my full-time job. So that's how, like, I'll still do like one-off projects if people want to mes- message me, like I'll do them once in a while, but it was just getting to be too much. And I'm, Oh, did I tell you I'm participating in national novel writing month next month? Have fun with that. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. Uh, Hemet Bud, where can we find you? I am at Hemet Meta on Twitter. Go to Patreon slash dot com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast, or go to uh, Substack Friendly com for the newsletter roundup of the news every week. And oh, uh, go to yes. nope, go to uh, iTunes. Leave us a review. I'm going to read nope. this one from a guy named. I'm assuming it's a guy. He was also like giving me shit on Twitter, so I muted him because I don't have time right now. Uh, his name is Gohan, Pro, G-O-H-A-N Pro-Life. 
Love it. Oh, this should be good. Exclamation point. Five stars. For any pro-life Christians as myself, this is a great source to find arguments built without logic or reason <laughs> and constant straw manning of the Christian pro-life stance. Because of y'all's content, thank you for using gender neutral collective. <laughs> because of y'all's content, I am more confident in my arguments for theism, Christianity, and the science behind pro-life stance. Y'all make me more of a Christian and pro-lifer every day. Keep up the content five stars so like listen (laughs) you know what like if you want to download and give us five stars that money still spends (laughs) yes we do get a check for every five star review from the internet machine i understand that what i said was deeply flawed (laughs) okay nothing makes sense anymore it's all good um, all right, we'll see you all next week. Oh, wait, wait, one. Wait, yeah, wait, what? What? Last thing. Last thing. Um, this what? weekend, I am recording my other podcast with my husband, Cooper Duper. It's a Twin Peaks podcast. Two weeks ago or so, we had Ross Blotcher from Ono, Ross, and Carry on as a guest. This coming weekend, I'm going to have Adel Refai from Ono from the Magic Tavern, which is very exciting. He's a very, very, very funny guy. He's an improv guy. I said, oh, no, from the Magic Tavern. According to my husband, I meant hello from the Magic Tavern. Thank you, Michael. Uh, (laughs) Live fact checks me. He's like the moderator I need in my life. Anyway, that's that's very exciting. That's going to be out next week. That's it. Okay, we'll talk to you. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye.